Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Farron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Hey everyone, welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And uh, today we're chatting with uh, a close friend of mine, uh, Preston Ulmer. Uh, Preston is the director of network development for the Church Multiplication Network. He's the founder of the Doubters Club, which is an international organization with local chapters dedicated to modeling friendship and pursuing truth. And he's also an author. You have a forthcoming book coming out in September of this year that can be pre-ordered specifically on the Doubters Club, right? Yeah, it it is actually about how do you have good faith conversations with atheists, skeptics, and spiritually wounded people. Wow. Yeah. We have a local chapter of the Doubters Club here that I lead with a dear friend. And it's all because you kind of made a path and you you trained a lot of people on how to have good conversations with people. So we are very thankful for uh, your leadership. And just with Cassie and I, we're grateful for your friendship. Well, thanks, Alex. I'm, man, I'm so honored to be on the podcast and you make me sound so great. But <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for all those accolades. Absolutely. It's because you are great. It's because you are great. Well, uh, today we're talking a little bit about um, spiritual warfare uh, with Doubters Club. Um, You have a vested interest in kind of the concerns of our thought life and how um, we're engaging with unbelievers, how we're engaging with people around us. Um, And I've heard you speak on this subject of like the life of the mind and how it's connected to spiritual warfare. And so we kind of want to have have a a bit of a conversation on that topic. But if, if I'm honest, um, whenever the topic of spiritual warfare comes up, it, I have wounds and past church experiences that make it feel like a superstitious topic to me. You know, Mm -hmm. we've, we've both grown up in kind of the secular age with so many influences and thoughts and we kind of lean towards the material and the consumption of things and you know not really accepting this reality of something beyond what we can see and feel Mm -hmm. Um, but we also know that in christ's teachings and in his ministry he very much engaged in spiritual warfare he very much interacted um, and taught on that subject so kind of like let's dialogue a little bit about what are some of the harmful ways we've talked about spiritual warfare well alex i would say you know as the doubters club uh has grown and people have said hey are you the doubter guy i think it's surprising for people to know i 100% believe in spiritual warfare mm-hmm. um and but i'm also very skeptical like you i mean look there's a great deal of fiction and superstition and fantasy and nonsense and uh downright heresy uh that has that the church has talked about under the guise of spiritual warfare in our time but I think spiritual warfare 
it's it really engages our humanity uh, rather than bypassing for a super spiritual demonic realm. It, everything when we talk about spiritual warfare, everything is manifested, and I'll, I'll define that in a second. Not like yeah. screaming on the ground manifested, but everything's manifested in the physical realm. And so, mm-hmm. if there is a spiritual realm, which I think that there is, I think even mm-hmm. our thought life gives proof to the fact, man, there, there's a realm in which things cannot be measured. They cannot be put on a scale. They cannot be mm-hmm. seen. Your thoughts, your imagination, all those things, that's, that's not just neurons firing away. Those have <clears throat> psychological effects on our future. Yeah. And so if there is a realm that we can't see and measure, what is that realm and how do we engage with it? Well, uh, I think that that realm would be spiritual. And I think mm-hmm. the way that we engage with it is actually in our physical, in our bodies and in, in how we act and move. And so, yeah, I 100% agree with it, but I also think it's been abused. And I think that there is something to that phrase. You're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I yep. say you're so spiritually kooky that no one wants to be around <laughs> you. No? Um, yes. And so get this, Jesus coming from the spiritual realm could have just came as a spirit, revealed himself as a spirit, and totally blew our minds. But he didn't, he came in the flesh, and he taught in the flesh, and he ate in the flesh, and he acted because he knows, man, everything is spiritual. Yeah. Everything's spiritual. So what I try to avoid are those teachings and writings and sermon series that talk about spirituality being only your prayer life in your closet. And spirituality being how many times you can meditate and escape this world. No, spirituality, Mm. the spiritual realm is 100% engaged in the, um, in our humanity. Wow. Well, that is such a, one, it's a refreshing kind of idea that our spiritual life is connected to is intimately and you're, uh, uh, undividable from our, just our physical life. And this, this idea that, that, that is who Jesus was, uh, isn't Galatians, this entire rebuke against ideas of divorcing Jesus's humanity from his spiritual life. Right. Um, you mentioned kind of manifesting it, it, when you say that you're talking about it manifesting in our physical life, right? Yeah. I'm talking about our thoughts and beliefs becoming our actions and, and activity. So when something manifests, you know, I, I probably should have used a different word, a different verb, but <laughs> it's the actualization of something. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Wow. 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 How, so let's kind of get into this a little bit more. So how do you, yeah. How do you understand spiritual warfare? Is it looking for, you know, things that go bump in the night? Is it, you know, how, how, you know, sometimes we get in this place of looking for the devil under every rock and in every mm-hmm. nook and every cranny. Um, how do you, you know, how do you understand it? How would you uh, coach someone or pastor someone through recognizing spiritual warfare when it shows up? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I want to just say out loud, look, the devil is not omnipresent. Okay. Mm-hmm. The devil doesn't have that power. So the reality is anyone listening to this podcast, if they're like, the devil's always at my door, give me flat tires and making my kids <laughs> rebel. The, the devil's not doing that. I mean, yeah. the, 
the devil would probably be somewhere in the White House. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not saying it because of because yeah. Republican or Democrat. I'm just saying that's where the power is at. Yeah. And so if you just want to think logically about this, um, the only one who's omnipresent is the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And that's not a power that God's ever going to give away to anyone. And he has not given that power to any being that he's created. So I think it's important when we think about spiritual warfare that we think about it in the way that God told us to. And um, look, I believe in Jesus because he rose from the dead and Mm -hmm. he conquered the dead and he comes back. And so therefore, everything he tells me, I'm like, well, hey, game on because you came back from the dead. And because of that, I want to look to him for the teachings on spiritual warfare. So I get my understanding from him. I know that there are um, demonic powers in in play. And I don't think, to be honest, I don't think that they're going bump in the night. I don't think that they're shaking drawers and making me wake up. Now, if that stuff happens, yeah, I'm going to go into I'm going to go into prayer mode. Okay, but (laughs) that's not typically what we're going to see. What we're going to see is they're influencing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's what. Paul writes about when he says our fight is not actually against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Our fight is against principalities and against powers. Well, why is that? They're influencing systems. They're influencing governments. They're influencing family systems. Uh, and, and they're influencing the way that you think. I mean, so much of what Paul writes about is tearing down demonic strongholds of worldly philosophies that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. And so when I think about spiritual warfare, I'm thinking about the life of the mind. I'm thinking about actions that we have. And, um, and, I, and, and it also helps me go, okay, this person's not my enemy. There may be an influence, not in, not, uh, uh, you're not possessed. There may be an yeah. influence at play, but um, this person's not my enemy. But I can go to war by praying, and I can actually go to war by loving the human in front of me, even if there's... Um, activity at play that I'm that I'm aware of, and so that's how I think of spiritual warfare. Wow. That it, essentially, Alex, it's influencing and impacting the physical realm. So let me put it this yep. way, as distinctly as possible. When I look at the world and I go, that it's not like heaven in this area, mm-hmm. right? In my own mm-hmm. life too, it's not mm-hmm. like heaven in this area. I'm going okay. Then let's do spiritual warfare there, yeah. right? And. Wow. Um, so you're you're planting a church and yep. you're you're declaring spiritual warfare because there's things that you go hey in midtown it's not like heaven around here like it needs to be and so you're physically going into the city to declare spiritual war and uh that's how i think of spiritual warfare yeah confronting um unjust systems confronting inequity confronting uh lies and um the the things that prevent human flourishing that is all part of spiritual warfare uh right right before we we got started we were we were just talking and and i mentioned that you know in in the west our primary understanding of warfare comes from world war ii we think of right you know the allies and the axis powers going to battle and it's you know two equal parties fighting one another but the reality of what's told to us of christ in scripture is that christ has defeated uh death hell and the grave he's defeated all principalities he's defeated all the rulers um and so the reality is is since the 1950s 
warfare hasn't been two superpowers going to war. It's, it's primarily been in information. It's been in troll farms, sowing false narratives, fake news, false identities, these false ideas designed to interrupt and disrupt and um, break entire countries. So warfare now is in information. It's in narratives. And I think similarly, the enemy in many ways is reliant upon disinformation and sowing deception to damage Christ's followers and his church. Um, So, you know, that leads us directly into, you know, kind of a conversation on like our thought life, the mm-hmm. narratives we believe, um, yeah. and how we do warfare that way. What what advice would you give, or, or what would you suggest in engaging warfare on that front, spiritual warfare on that front? Yeah, well, it is actually so much of warfare. Look, if the enemy can get you to think of spiritual warfare like World War II, mm-hmm. he he's got you. Yep, like he's won because you're gonna be you're going to be looking for the demon possessed person that's on the side of the street while avoiding the lies of the enemy that have infiltrated your own spirit. And I just think that it's, there's such wisdom, what you said. So here, here's how I think warfare um, rages right now and what we got to look out for. So it'd be three ways. One is the reputation of Christ. One's the responsibility of Christ and one would be participating in the reign of Christ. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that would be the three. The reputation of Christ would be in the way that we think, in the way that the public sphere thinks about Jesus, right? In the way that we act as his church, there, there's a there's a warfare mentality there. And, and it actually, it's a commitment that we make to the reputation of our king. Wow. And the responsibility of Christ, now, Alex, this really gets at the life of the mind. The responsibility yeah. of Jesus was to come and set us free. And then we ask the question, free from what? So free from addictions for sure, but I would I would say what perpetuates addictions would be a sense of condemnation that I am condemned and I cannot break free. So the responsibility of Christ, as it's made known in Colossians chapter two, is he has come, made a spectacle of the enemy, and, mm-hmm. and he has disarmed, is the word that it used, he has disarmed them from ever having ammo against us. And what's the ammunition ammunition that the enemy had was condemnation and it was guilt and it was fear. So the responsibility of Christ was to free us from all condemnation. So guess what the majority of the new Testament is going to talk about how we are free from condemnation because, uh, because that right there is the war, right? The war Mm -hmm. is get them bound to a life without freedom in Christ. And Jesus Mm -hmm. comes and says, there is now no condemnation. The life of the mind is where the war is raging. And we got to go, okay, did Jesus fulfill the responsibility that he had? Yes. And it's a daily belief that, okay, he has disarmed the enemy. Mm -hmm. There is no condemnation for me. I am not what I do. I am, I am in Christ. So it's those sort of things. Mm -hmm. There's a war raging and it's really essentially truth for sly every single day. And then the third one of participating in the reign of Christ, man, that that has so much to do with the life of the mind. Do I believe I have the spirit of God inside of me? Do I believe I can participate in the power of Jesus um, to work for the good of all things? And so I, those, it all 
has to do with the information that's in your mind. So that's where I think the war is raging. I think reputation, responsibility, and participation in the reign of Christ. Yeah. What's, what's interesting is what you do. I want to kind of go to that first one, reputation. What you do at Doubters Club is really kind of this, I don't want to call it, a, it's a ministry, but it's, you don't present it as a ministry. You present it as this conversation, but it really is renewing the reputation of Christ followers in the public sphere. Um, how much would you, would you call Doubters Club kind of a, an exercise in spiritual warfare? Are you even comfortable using that kind of language? Yeah. So, Hey, I'll, I'll tell you, and it's no secret. I mean, anyone who, any of the atheist co-moderators that I've led Doubters Clubs with, they know I'm a Christian. I'm not like a secret agent Christian, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it is an act of spiritual warfare because what we're doing is we are boldly addressing the misinformation around the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important in Doubters Club that we listen because we need to find out what is the current reputation of Jesus right now. And that's obviously that's territory that the enemy has tried to stake um, as their own. And then once we know that, we can say, oh, hey, here's where we get tear down the lies. So I think it is totally an act of war in the spiritual realm. Now, what's cool is, spiritually speaking, there's barriers between atheists and Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And now those would not obviously be built by the Spirit of God. But when we start to see bridges being built, we go, wow, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. There is ground that's being taken uh, for the kingdom. And yeah, it's an act of war, no doubt. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I absolutely love kind of this reframing of, of spiritual warfare because it, it really puts the emphasis on, you know, not having this overly passionate yelling match with the devil. Um, right. and, and, and I think, you know, sometimes I hear people talk about spiritual warfare and it's just a yelling match with, you know, the devil thinking he's present in the rock that kind of twitched maybe. And, uh, yet it it really puts the emphasis on walking with Christ and following behind him, um, and really leaning into the life he taught us to live. Um, where would you, you know, as, as people are kind of more interested and begin thinking about this, what resources or are there particular passages in scripture, you would say, these would be a couple of good places to go, um, to think more about this topic. So obviously Ephesians chapter six, right? Paul talks about the armor of God. Now, what's interesting is he's talking about it in a way that he's addressing um, your physical body in a spiritual sense. So he's actually, um, he's projecting what we just talked about. So he's going helmet of salvation. He's going breastplate of righteousness, all these things that would be protecting you against condemnation. So if you see it through the lens of, oh, it's protecting me against the the weapons of the enemy, namely condemnation and guilt, that's what mm-hmm. those do. Um, I would so I'd recommend Ephesians 6, Colossians chapter wow. 2. Even before this call, we're talking about, uh, that's my favorite verse. Yeah. You get into chapter 2, verse 15. And when, whenever Paul just says, hey, look, Jesus made a spectacle, marched mm-hmm. the enemy around naked, and disarmed them. Yeah. Uh, so those passages, and I know it's going to sound funny, but 
I would actually recommend Revelation if you have mm-hmm. the right lens. So if yeah. you're reading Revelation as this scary book about the end times, mm-hmm. then I'd say like, stop reading Revelation. <laughs> but the the word apocalypse actually never meant end times yep. ever. It yep. meant unveiling. So Revelation is like a pulling back of the curtain to be able to say, oh, wait a second. There's a spiritual world that's going on right now. And and it's going on in cycles of world history. And that mm-hmm. same story is being told. It's going, I've seen this movie before, but we can always alter the ending. And so if you read it as an unveiling of the spiritual curtain, go for it. Because yeah. then you're going to start to see, okay, the beast doesn't, it's not 666. Man, the mm-hmm. beast represents something that's been happening throughout history. How do I stop that in my family? Um, because in the spiritual sense, that's a beast right? It's devouring all of us. So uh, that might, for people that are like, what, this, the Dowers Club guy recommending Revelation? <laughs> That'd be my recommendation. Yes. What about uh, any books or scholars you would look to? Well, I always like Greg Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a book on spiritual warfare and I, I don't, I don't actually remember what it's called. It's something war. It might be called spiritual war. I, you know what? I'll tell you so that it's in your notes, yep. in the notes of this podcast. But he writes extensively on spiritual warfare. And then I would say this too. When you're looking for resources, do things that are going to renew your mind. And mm-hmm. I'm actually, Alex, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of recommending like, hey, go read spiritual warfare books. Yeah. I just think that I just think we, we get off track. I would, I would recommend reading things that are going to address what the lies that you're dealing with in the mind, because that's where the war is raging right now. So if I'm dealing with the lie that I don't have purpose, and if I'm someone who's suicidal, man, my recommendation, if that's a spiritual warfare and for all intents and purposes, a hundred percent, you got to start addressing that lie. So I would recommend books in that area. If someone says, I just feel like that the Lord will never forgive me. I'm going, okay, Mm. you got to address because it it will always impact your involvement in the kingdom of God. Yep. Yep. And on top of addressing those things through through our reading, through our conversations, having a good therapist or counselor is a part of spiritual warfare. It's it's almost like going into it with an ally um, and not battling alone. What's interesting about Ephesians six and that kind of that encouragement to put on the whole armor is it's this communal call like that we together put on the armor mm-hmm. and that together we are resisting the schemes we're resisting the lies the deceptions and the condemnation of the enemy and you know sometimes you just need to hear it from someone else's mouth to believe yeah. it and That's so right. we almost we almost part of spiritual warfare is building up one another and telling the truth to one another that you are forgiven that you you no longer are a slave to sin but rather you are liberated in christ and so there's this collective element to to spiritual warfare as well you know alex let me say something along those lines because i think it's so important uh this is not a pity story i I recently uh got i got bit by a dog on my thumb okay and it it went through my nail and it's pretty nasty i actually got all bandaged up and and today on the day we're recording the podcast i have an appointment to go see a hand surgeon 
and they think everything will be fine. But mm-hmm. what I'm hoping is, hey, can the expert tell me I'm going to be okay? You know, if the expert can tell me I'm going to be okay, then I, yeah. I actually, I, I walk a little different, right? Yeah. I start yeah. to have this burden lifted. And in the spiritual sense, when we get bit by the, the dog, by the lion, and the enemy bites us and we get hurt and we're like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. I, I think this is always going to impair me. I, I, I think that mistake's going to define me, whatever it would be. What you need is exactly what you said. You need an expert in the Lord to go, Hey, you're going to be okay. And if they go, you're not going to be okay as you are, but we're going to do some work to get you there. Some s- surgery to get you there. Well, let them be the ones to do that. So for the person who's experienced the, the defeat uh, of the spiritual side of life, man, you need the community of God to come alongside you and either say, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to heal well, and we're going to help you. Or there's some surgery involved, but we got yeah. you. And so I've, I just know there's a parallel between my current situation with my dog bite <laughs> and how the enemy bites us. And so I just want to reemphasize what you just said. It's a communal call to yeah. victory. Yep. And, and submitting to that surgery, submitting to that, there's, there will probably be a little bit of pain involved. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little bit of a healing process afterwards, but ultimately uh, that is for the best and submitting under the, the expertise of the surgeon, submitting to the expertise of another is ultimately what, what brings the most healing about. Well, uh, this has been such a refreshing conversation. Uh, I'm certain we'll have you on the podcast um, in the future. Do you want to share anything about your your upcoming book coming out? Well, listen, I would be honored if um, people have any questions about Doubters Club and stuff. They can just reach out. But the book really does teach how do I live this as a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just say, Hey, go uh, pre-order the book and you can order it through Amazon. And then once it gets printed, they will ship it to you directly. And I would love to hear from anyone who reads the book. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.